It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Sending prayers your way, Chandler. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today we are recapping the absolutely massive day in the NBA, 14 games on on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. All teams bar the Mavericks and the Clippers played, so we're going to recap all of that action and then look at uh, some injury news. Not going to do a DFS preview for the one-game slate tomorrow. Uh, You can check out projections for that over on Basketball Monster Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. it. Let's get to it, indeed. The first game we're going to have a look at here is the Detroit Pistons going down to the Washington Wizards, 106-100. Andre Drummond played 35 minutes. He did cop a whack in the face at the end of the game and uh, apparently lost a tooth, uh, busted up his lip as well. 35 minutes, 18 and 16, four steals and two blocks, just the usual Drummond stuff. And of course, with Drummond playing, Christian Wood played 13 minutes, six and five. And this is what we always, or what I have always talked about with Wood. You need to assume that Drummond is getting traded for Wood to be a, a stash hold sort of a guy. They are not, and I I could be wrong, but they are not just going to say, cool, Drummo, go and sit and play 20 a night. We want the Woodsman to play 28 a game. It just isn't something that's going to happen. Maybe Drummond gets dealt. Maybe he doesn't. You have to be in a situation where you can ride out the poor performances from the crucifix to hold on in the hope that Drummond gets traded and in the hope that Casey starts him and the hope that he gets starters minutes. All those things need to come to fruition, so there are genuine risks involved with it. I've talked about this on the show plenty of times as well. Tim Frazier, he goes to teams. For some reason, the coach gets excited. They start him. They play him 30 minutes. It lasts two games, and the minutes come down. They come down. Then he goes out of the rotation. And then three weeks weeks later, he comes back in, and the same pattern happens. And we're seeing it again now. They made a change to the Pistons. They put Derek Rose as the starter. And then we got 24 minutes a night of Tim Frazier for some... I've got no idea what the reason is. Today, he's back down to 11, and he's going to be back out of the rotation again. It just is a consistent pattern. No coach seems to realize that this guy just can't do it at an NBA level, and it continually happens, and I don't understand it. But it was good for our boy, the Shark, Bruce Brown. Because he got his minutes back up, 26 minutes, 7 points, 4 assists, the triple one. I am worried about where the value goes once Reggie Jackson is back. I think he's going to suffer a bit. While Derek Rose, it looks like the minutes restriction is gone. 21 points in 34 minutes. 21 shot attempts with two steals. The peripherals aren't great for him, but the the points obviously are are really strong. While Tone Snell also got things going. 16 points with four triples from Tone Snell. That is one of those ones where you just don't see it happen all that often. Markeith Morris got ejected. What a shocker. 10 points in 18 minutes for Markeith. 
Well, McKay, look, hit two threes. That's what he's good for as a three-point streamer. And Sekou Dumbaya wasn't a great game for him. Six points in 23 minutes. Um, he's a guy that we, we liked adding. Uh, I liked adding. And he was providing some okay numbers. I'm not sure his upside is through the roof for this season. I do think it's pretty high long-term. So if you're in a eight, a 10-team league, I'm not, I don't think CQ is worth holding in those scenarios. If you're in a 12-teamer and there's a better option on the wire, I don't think you should be just holding on to him and just hoping that everything starts coming together because in all likelihood, he's probably just going to hover in that 100 to 150 type range for the most of the rest of the season, which isn't super valuable. So all I'm saying is if you want to drop him, I can see that being a move that you make. For the Wizards, they did move the tank Tom Bryant back out of the starting lineup because he was starting at power forward for no reason to the backup center role. Again, don't know what's going on there. But if we go back to last season, the Wizards and Scott Brooks in particular, they hated playing Tom Bryant. Even when no centers were around, they just wouldn't give him minutes. It happened a little bit to begin this season with Mo Wagner taking minutes, and now Jan Mihinmi is getting the minutes. 23 minutes for Mihinmi here, 21-7 and seven with two steals and three blocks. A great performance, 90% shooting. Bryant did all right himself, 13-6 and six in 22 minutes. But I don't think we're getting 30-minute Tom Bryant really back at all. Now, they do have to be careful. A big man coming back from a foot fracture type issue is always a problem. But again, just going back to that pattern of Brooks limiting him significantly last season, limiting him again now, playing him off the bench behind Mihimi, it's a real concern. But And it's fair enough. It's part of the reason I talked about Bryant when talking uh, uh, dynasty value for him uh, is that he's not a good defender. And he's one of those guys that I don't have long-term hope, and I don't have long-term hope that he is a starting center in the NBA. And with the Wizards' defense being as bad as it was, when Mahinmi came back and Scott Brooks saw that he could be a good defender, I think that's really what's caused this problem here. And that issue that I thought with Bryant for the next you know, two years' time has come really, really quickly here. Now, he could come back and start and play 32 minutes next week. Oh, I really, really doubt that's going to happen. And the long and short of it is, in this situation, you know, holding on to Bryant, it's pretty tough when the, the path to minutes is a little cloudy. Beal played 33, which is great. 29 points with six assists there. Well, Ishmith, nine, seven, and six. He's a nice 14-team league point guard. Isaiah Thomas, five points in 18 minutes. Didn't miss a shot, but still only played 18 minutes. And Troy Brown, just the six points in 25. Neither Thomas nor Brown are 12-team league guys to me. Davis Bertans, I would hold tight. It hasn't been great since he returned from the quad injury. Eight points in 23 minutes with two triples. While the big mitten, Gary Payton, continues to start. Sure, he had four steals, and Isaac Bonga had two points in his 22 minutes. Those two are starting at the two and the three for a team that just knocked off the Detroit Pistons. Let us move on now. Actually, before we move on, I have to tell you about something that's really, really important, and that is calm. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important, and that is mental fitness. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation. I've got it on my phone, and Calm has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep and finding the time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to calm.com slash LockedOnNBA, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Unlock content to help you focus ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. 
Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Now, let's go across to game number two on the night. The Toronto Raptors and the Atlanta Hawks. A little bit of a weird one because you look at these scores and you go, well, it wasn't really a blowout, 122-117, but it was. And then the Hawks made a furious rush at the end of the game and the Raptors had to put their starters back in. But they were up by like 25, 30 points with about eight minutes to go. So you'll see the minutes really low for the Raptors, guys. Storm and Norman Powell, 27 points in only 25 minutes with six triples. Usage continues to be high. Efficiency continues to be high. I do like him for 12-teamers. Fred Van Vliet, 26 minutes coming back from the hammy. 20 points with three steals. Great. Pascal Siakam, 18 and 6 in 29 minutes. Has not been the same guy since returning from his groin injury. But again, you know, that's solid enough. Kyle Lowry, great to see him getting low minutes. 29 minutes, 10-4 and 7 with a steal and a block. Um, Serge Ibaka, 24 minutes. That's two straight games for 24 for Serge. I think he's a 12-team drop. While Marc Gasol had 14 and 5. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, in those 23 minutes. Now, started out with a real bang when he returned from the injury, but I think getting Van Vliet back has enabled them to go with different rotations and lineups, which is going to put a bit of a, a ceiling on what Gasol can do. He's probably not a 10-team guy, more of a 12-team hold, while the Jedi, OG Ananobi. Hello there. I had him on my drop podcast earlier today, and he responded with four points in 21 minutes. I, I just, with everyone here and healthy, I just don't see OG being a consistent enough 12-team level performer to be someone that you consider as a as a must-roster player. Um, On to the Hawks. Trey Young was great. 42-6-15. That is ludicrous. 21 free throw attempts and hit 18. Also ludicrous. While the Baptist John Collins finally back over um, over, uh, 30 minutes. 17-11 and in 37 of them. Had the three blocks. Not much else, but that's still really good numbers. And DeAndre Hunter put together another good performance. Now, both he and Collins fouled out. Hunter did it after 27 minutes. 13-6-4 with two threes and two blocks for DeAndre. 14 teams. Sure, I'm not ready to bite the bullet in 12s. As for Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter, he had like 19 minutes played in the first half. Jeff Teague had played five. He ended with only 30 minutes and came back in at the end when Hunter fouled out. It was quite odd. He did pick up a couple of early fouls in the third quarter, but then at the start of the fourth, Norm Powell was really cooking. They took Herter out and they put DeAndre Bembry in and that cut his minutes down. It was not Jeff Teague who played only 11 minutes in this game who took the minutes off Herter. It was a combination of, of Bembry getting that playing time and a few extra minutes for Cam Reddish. I'm not, again, this is a really great buy-low opportunity for Herter. I am not dropping him, but he was on track. Uh, and again, I didn't really like what Pierce did there, but yeah, I, it wasn't Teague being around that caused this problem. He played 11 minutes, Jeff Teague. Now, Teague had two points in his 11 minutes. He is a clear 12-team drop. Uh, Reddish, 13 points, three threes, two steals. 
an excellent threes and steals streamer. It's not going to happen every game, but he's got that ability to be a three and three guy in both of those categories, and that gives you some upside there. Bruno Fernando, 16 minutes, and Damian Jones played 17. They really didn't do all that much, although to be fair, Fernando scored well, had 12 points in his limited minutes, uh, while um, Alex Len is currently sidelined, and Len hopefully uh, won't be too far away from returning. Next game, we look at the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. Ben Simmons is absolutely killing it with Embiid out. He played 42 minutes. They won 117-111. 42 minutes for Simmons, 34-12-12 and 12 with five steals and two blocks. 86% shooting, 71 from the line. Really strong stuff. Talked about him on the Sal High podcast last week because his numbers were so inflated with Embiid out. I just don't think anyone's going to give you back a top 10 sort of a player for Simmons, which is exactly the level he's performing at at the moment. So maybe you just hold it and ride it out. We don't know how long Embiid's going to be gone. It might be another week. It might be another three weeks. It might be the all-star break. We just don't know with Embiid. So I think ride out the first round production you're getting with Simmons and see where this goes. But he was masterful. Horford played just 26 minutes, 19 and 6, also stepping it up without Embiid. Toby Harris, 15 and 6, and Joshie Richardson, 15 in 32 minutes. And the painter, Matisse Thibel, Bad shooting, three points on one of seven, but that is not why you care. He had four steals. He had one block. Again, absolutely a 12-team guy, but absolutely not for everybody. You need to want steals and blocks, and if you don't, he's useless. It's as simple as that. And it's why going by overall ranking numbers when determining who to add and who to drop off your team is pointless, especially in his case. And with so many other guys, Chris Dunn, McCall Bridges, those sort of guys. You need steals and blocks, the painter's got them for you. You need rebounds, assists, points, good percentages. He doesn't have them for you. But because he's so good in those categories, his overall rank gets yeah, jacked up, and it looks like he's a must-add for everybody, and that's not what he is. Furkan Korkmaz is another one of those three-point stream guys that you can have a look at. He knocked in another three triples in this one. For the Nets, there was no DeAndre Jordan again, so 31 minutes for Jarrett Allen, 13 and 13, a steal and a block. He's not going to play 31 a night when Jordan is back, I'm pretty confident, so he is a bit of a sell-high guy at the moment, while his uh, uh, backup now is Speedy Claxton. He played 17 minutes, had 15 and 4. I really like this guy. I think he's going to be strong long-term. He's not going to be playing much uh, once DeAndre is back. He did play a little bit alongside Allen in this one, but really impressive stuff. Well, one of the best games we've seen from Karis LeVert. 16-6-6, and still terrible on the field goal percentage, but no Kyrie Irving did help. Now, Kyrie was out with a hammy problem, and I can understand everyone who has him, oh, this bloody asshole, always injured. He's got a hamstring problem. It's frustrating. Everybody knows it's frustrating. He knows it's frustrating. The Nets know it's frustrating. Hopefully, it's not a long-term thing, but we just have to wait and find out. Levert, while Kyrie's out, he could be a stream guy. Otherwise, he's not going to be a must-hold player. Torian Prince, double-double, 12-12 and with a triple one there. And Spencer Dinwiddie, 22-5-7. and Didn't help his efficiency that Kyrie was out. But those uh, those usage numbers and the overall numbers were pretty strong. Smoking Joe Harris, I don't think, is a 12-team out, 12 points. In 33, while well, Garrett Temple got the spot start in place of Kyrie, played 20 minutes and scored two points. I'd say his usefulness has, uh, has passed. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Let's go next game. The Orlando Magic, the Charlotte Hornets. The Magic get the win pretty comfortably, 106-83. Fournier had 26 points with four assists and six triples on 71% shooting. Nikola Vucevic, 24 and 10. Big games from both of those blokes. While Terry Ross, also massive opportunities for him. With no DJ Augustin, he's going to be running that second unit in terms of getting the shots. 19 points, five triples, two steals, 31 minutes. Not for everybody. Points and threes. Throw some steals in there. Ross can help you in the short term, no doubt. Wasn't a great Markel full tonight, but 10-5-5 five five with two steals is fine. While it was an even worse Aaron Gordon night, 6-6-7. Six, six, and seven. The seven assists, absolutely. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. He's been really bad this season, and I don't know where the path is for him to actually get better. It's a real concern with him, and in an eight-team league, in a ten-team league, I don't think he is a must-roster player in those formats. Ken Birch started, but it was Birch and, and uh, Carter Williams and Gary Clark and Wes Wundu. They all just played middling minutes in the teens, replacing Johnny Isaac. For the Hornets, it was a rough night. They shot 38% overall. Paul Washington Jr., 19-7 and seven with four triples. Good on 58% shooting. I worry about his shooting because it's all over the place. So we have 30% nights and 70% nights. Uh, and I just worry that so much is influenced by that. But yeah, he is a must-roster player, as is Devontae Graham, 15-2-6. and six. And then out of nowhere, Malik Monk, who'd been out of the rotation, he replaced Marvin Williams in the rotation in this game, scored 20 points on 62% shooting, 36% usage for Monk. Really weird one. Uh, I'd like to see it a few more times before I trust it. It was a horror night from Terry Rozier, four points on zero of six shooting. He did have four assists and two steals, so not a complete disaster. Uh, Biombo's gone from 25-minute starting center to 11-minute spot guys. They're running three centers a night with Bill Hernan Gomez and Cody Zeller, neutralizing the value of all of those guys, while it was a shit one from Miles Bridges as well. Four points on one of nine shooting. He did block a shot. He's a fringe-ish 12-team league player at this point. Let's go on to the next game. One of the hottest teams in the NBA lost to another one of the hottest teams in the NBA. The Grizzlies go down to the Pelicans, 126-116. The, the Pelicans have won 10 of 14, and Zion's back next game. They are absolutely crunching towards that uh, playoff spot in the Western Conference. Drew Holiday returned. He's really good, 36-6 and six with seven triples and two steals on 67% shooting. Now that efficiency won't stick. He'll lose some shots when Zion comes back, as will everybody. Ingram, Holiday, ball. All those guys will lose some shots, but he's still really good. Ingram was slow going early, but 25, 4, and 6, two blocks, another 11 of a 12 from the line. He just can't stop getting to the line. The usage for him is going to be interesting. I'm not advocating selling him based on Zion returning. Uh, The way he is conducting himself, you'd have to think he's still going to demand a pretty decent chunk, although he will lose, I'd, I'd imagine, one or two shots a game. With Derek Favors out, unfortunately, uh, and Jolly Loka four out. We got some Nicola Melli minutes, and he played all right. 15 points in 29 minutes, three triples and two blocks. Jackson Hayes seeded uh, the second half start to Melly. I think Melly's out of the rotation really soon. This is an interesting performance. While Lonzo Ball, Drew was back, and it's not that Drew was back that Lonzo's numbers uh, were off because he shot two of nine from the field. Again, as I like to do, make it four of nine, give him an extra two points, and that's 12, no, extra four points. That's 12, nine, and five with two steals and two threes, and it's fine. Like, that's a really good line. Eight, nine, and five with two steals doesn't look as good, but again, 22% shooting, and he's not a good shooter. He's also not a 22% shooter, so he would be better than that. Uh, JJ Riddick, just the 22 minutes, not a 12-teamer. Jackson Hayes, he's not going to be a 12-team league guy this season, five and six in his 19 minutes. Well, the hitman, Josh Hart, had 10 points in 17. 
For the Grizzlies, another big Dylan Brooks game. Strong, strong stuff from him. 31-9, and nine, three triples, four assists and two steals. And over the last month, his normal 42% shooting has skyrocketed 46-47%, and that is making a big difference to his production. It's helping his minutes go up, and he is a 12-team league guy. It could fall off at any time, but it's really, really good from him at the moment. Morant had 16 points with nine assists, and Triple J had 19 with three threes and two blocks. A uh, low minutes night for Valanciunas, 14 and 11 in 21, but I wouldn't panic too much about that. Uh, we also had D'Anthony Melton get his standard 10 points, two steals in 23 minutes. He's a back-end guy who is a uh, high up- upside bloke who's not likely to reach that upside anytime soon, unfortunately. Jay Crowder, the he's got to have it. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Man, when he plays bad, he is terrible. Two points in 18 minutes on one of eight shooting. Only 18 minutes as a starter. Just really confusing stuff from this guy. Almost game in, game out. It's, it beggars belief that he can be as inconsistent. And he'll go out and drop me a 50 on the Clippers like he did the other day. Like It's just really, really crazy stuff. The way that uh, his production is uh, toing and froing the way it is. The New York Knicks beat the Cavs comfortably 106-86. Mitch Robinson. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. He took one shot. Now that is putrid, but four blocks gets it done. He had one steal. He hit both his free throws, six boards, one shot. He needs to be more involved, but again, an encouraging sign is the blocks, and it's the 27 minutes, and it's the fact that he had one foul in those 27 minutes. Things are coming along for him. He's a must-roster guy, and I think it's going to turn around for him. Uh, 9-6-8 for Lord Alfred Payton with a steal and two blocks, strong enough for 12s, or Julius Randle, 19-9, but nobody even needed to play 30 minutes in this game. Uh, Marcus Morris. Dealing with an ankle injury, 19 points in 30 minutes, while Reggie Bullock is a three-point stream at 12 points for two triples, while Rowan Barrett is out. Damian Dotson came back into the rotation. Last game, he was excised for Alonzo Trier. He played 21 minutes here and had 12 and 5, another three-point stream option. For the Cavs, Tristan Thompson had a shit ton of rebounds, 22 of them, in fact, with a steal and a block and 13 rebounds. He's like a DeAndre Jordan, but a better version of DeAndre Jordan in that he's a stream option for rebounds. He probably is a 12-team league guy at the moment. But again, there's so much fluctuation in what he does. Colin Sexton was pretty poor. He had a couple of early assists, ended up with 17-5-4 and four in a triple one, but 30% shooting was rough. But he is still a must-roster guy who has taken some leaps forward in areas this season. Love had 12-9, and nine, while it wasn't a great night from Garland either. 11-3-3 three and, three and shot 20% on 20 attempts. That is really, really bad. I would still be holding him. Uh, 28 minutes for Larry Nance. Massively encouraging. Now, there was no Ante Zizic. There was no... Um, uh, John Henson, and weirdly, Alfonso McKinney was out, out of the rotation as well. Actually, his 10-day uh, might have expired. I'll, I'll check on that. Um, but we've got big minutes from Nance. And if he gets 27 a night, which he should be able to very, very, very easily do, backing up Love and Thompson, then he's a 12-team guy. Talking about like the crucifix Christian Wood, like you're hoping for a trade of Drummond for his value to come through. Nance can have value on his own if they play him these 25. And that's 24, 24, 28 in the last three games. And that's probably enough to be a 12-team league player. Chetty Osman knocked in 14 points with four triples. He's a three-point stream option there. Let's go on. Next game up. A lot of games today, obviously. The Milwaukee Bucks beat the Bulls pretty handily. 98-111. They went with that small lineup with Larry Markin in its center again, not to start off with, but Luke Cornett played only 15 minutes and Chris Felicia only 12. But instead of Chandler Hutchison at the four, it was Thad Young, who played 28 minutes and had 14-6, and six, two steals, two blocks, four triples. That's a lot of triples for Thad Young. 
good defensive numbers. If this is what they're going to go to, then Young is absolutely a 12-team league guy. I'm just not sure that he will. Uh, and off efficiency night from Levine, but still 24 points with five rebounds and three steals and great from the line. While Chris Dunn, anytime he gives you points, it's a bonus. 15 of them here. Three triples and three steals. That's what we come for. The three steals makes him a 12-teamer. Uh, Sadoransky, pretty poor. Seven points on 27% shooting. I think in a 10-teamer, you consider him expendable. I'd still hold in 12s. Four assists there. Kobe White, seven points in 25 minutes while marking it. It's a real buy-low opportunity because he's shit. At the moment, he's also not being used very well, but eight and eight in 31 minutes. No assists, no threes, no steals, no blocks. Two of 11 shooting for 18%. It doesn't get much worse than that for Markkanen. He's way off. The usage is low. There's so many weird things going on. He's also not playing that well. I don't think he's all that good, but he's definitely better than this. So it's a bit of a buy-low opportunity for him. Onto the Bucks, Yanni's good, 28, 14, and 10, as is Chris Middleton, 24, 6, and 6. But the Eric Bledsoe buy-low window is still open. Seven points in 29 minutes for Bled here. Not great. Four rebounds, two assists. Still 29 minutes, but just a weirdly, weirdly low usage run from Bledsoe here. I'm still holding him. We all also had Kyle Korver play 22 minutes. He had 12 points with two triples there. He's nothing to really see. While DiVincenzo saw his minutes cut a little bit, but still had four assists, still had a steal. Much like DeAnthony Melton, there's 12-team value in it, but there's absolutely no upside. Not much else to really talk about with his Bucks team. Brook Lopez blocked his shots. Three blocks there, but shot poorly. Three of 10 from the field. Next game, we look at Russell Westbrook and the Houston Rockets Go down to the Oklahoma City Thunder because Chris Ball's really, really good. 28 and 8 for Paul. Four triples, two steals, and a block. So far, he's been one of the draft day steals. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. You can get him in the 50s, sometimes 60s in drafts. He is putting up great numbers. Same as the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! A little bit of a slow start to the season for Gallo, but he is rolling. 25 and 13, 7 of 7 from the line. And these guys really haven't had injury problems this season. Gilgis Alexander, 13 and 10 with three steals. Great. Schroeder, 23, 5 and 4. Great. This team was fantastic in this game. They were without Terrence Ferguson and Nerlens Noel and lost Stephen Adams after two minutes. So we had Mike Muscala playing 25 minutes. We had Lugens Dort play 32 minutes. Bort? Oh, come on. Bort? Mommy, Bobby, buy me a license plate. No. Come along, Bort. Are you talking to me? No. My son is also named Bort. I don't know when I'm going to have another opportunity to play that, but Dort played 32 minutes, had eight points and two assists, and played pretty well out there, but it's not a long-term solution for anybody. Um, Muscala had one point in his 25 minutes, so hopefully Adams and Noel, or or Noel, are able to come back. Of course, Nerland should be a 12-team league guy, regardless of Adams' status. For the Rockets, Russell Westbrook, a big triple-double, 13, 11, and 12. He's now scored 30 points in five consecutive games. 38 minutes and 67% shooting. Weird that he missed his only free throw, but a massive game from Russ. A bad game from Harden, but still got to 29 points. He was one of 17 from three, Jimmy. He ended up shooting 31% overall. Still had nine rebounds, six assists, and a triple one, but obviously not a great performance. And Capella, only the 25 minutes. With Mascala out there, they went with different sort of lineups. 41 minutes for PJ Tucker. Again, two games ago. They want to keep PJ to 30 minutes. Cool. That's 35 and 41 in the next two games, you liar, D'Antoni. While Ben Mclemore started again, played 20 minutes. He's not even getting 25 minutes a night as a starter. Dan House stepped up, played 36 minutes. They went with the House at the four, Tucker at the five lineups. 13 and six for House with two steals and three blocks. That's hearkening back to what he did at the beginning of the season. He's not a must-roster guy, but he's absolutely just a watch guy in a 14-teamer at least and see where this goes. Can he take those minutes back off uh, Mclemore from where he had them earlier in the season? 
The next game, we look at the Miami Heat. They get the win over the Kings in overtime, 118-113. Budrick Heald was great. 43 minutes, 27-7, three steals, two blocks, five triples, while Nemanja Bielitsa had 22-6 and six in 37. And as long as Holmes is out, Bielitsa is putting up numbers. Bagley was great as well. This is as Bagley a line as it gets. 15-15 with two assists and a steal. No blocks, no threes, didn't get to the line. That's just a really Bagley line, while Fox had 14-2-8. and eight. And encouragingly, 34 minutes from Bogdan Bogdanovic. 14-2-2, a steal and a block. That's a 12-team guy. Now, what they do with Kent Bazemore is really interesting. If Bazemore comes in, um, will they look at him and take those minutes away from Bogdanovic, or will he take the 11 minutes that Yogi Ferrell played? You would have to think that they do that sort of a thing, but I just don't know with Walton. Harrison Barnes, the pencil. Barnesy. 11 points in 33 minutes. You know what to do. He's an absolute 100% clear-ass drop. Uh, Dwayne Dedman took Harry Giles' backup minutes as well, but that's not going to last because uh, Holmes is going to take that back. For the Heat, there was no Jimmy Butler, no Justice Winslow, so 29 minutes from James Johnson. Well, well, well. 22 points for Jimmy in 29 minutes, six rebounds, three assists, two blocks, 82% shooting. Now, of course, those minutes are jacked up because Tyler Hero is still limited, Justice Winslow is out, and Jimmy Butler was out, and he's not a 12-team league ad, but maybe in the short term, he can be a 16-teamer. Kendrick Nunn, also a shit ton of minutes. 43 minutes, 25, 7, and 6 on 41% shooting, 8 of 8 from the line. This is a great sell-high opportunity. People are really massive believers in Nunn, Fine, he's been good at times. He's also the 140th ranked player over the last two months and has stepped it up since Winslow went back out and now since Hero has been limited and then, of course, Butler was out. Again, when everyone is healthy, getting him to 28 minutes a night on this team and enough usage is really, really tough to do. And that's why I always... Something I'm shitting on... I don't think he's this good. I just don't. Like He's not this good of a player. But when realism sets in and everyone is back, whenever that might be, and it might never be because Winslow might never return. That's a legitimate concern. And that is why Nunn is now a 12-team ad. But with everyone healthy, he doesn't have top 100 value. I think that's pre- it's been pretty clear from what we've seen from him this season. And yeah, people create, oh, Josh, you said he was going to be a drop. He was a drop because, again, he's outside the top 140 over the last two months. But then injuries crop up and a bloke comes back in. And you can't just stash every player waiting for injuries to come for their value to jump back up. It's just an impossible ask to do that. So now, yes, none is a 12-team league guy. And let's ride it out and see what happens. Hero, six points in 17 minutes. He's a clear drop. No worry about that one. 18 points in 32 minutes for the iron shoulder as well. While Kelly Olenek played 18 and Derek Jones played 27 minutes. Didn't do a... Didn't do a huge amount of that time, and of course, neither of those or any of those guys are 12-team league options. Let's go on to the, the next game. All right, the Lakers and the Celtics next up. Big, big win here for the Celtics, 139-107. Anthony Davis did return. He was on a minutes limit, but it didn't really matter because this game was over by the start of the fourth quarter. 23 minutes for Davis, nine points, four rebounds, and two blocks. But with him back, it is going to cut into Dwight Howard and JaVale. Now, 
JaVel had 18 points in 18 minutes with three blocks. That's great, but we can't rely upon that. The three blocks are the streaming value there. Well, Howard had nine and 10 in only 19 minutes, and he's looking at more of that blocks, field goal percentage, rebounds type stream option, which can still be valuable, but the minutes will likely drop. We also had Rajon Rondo returning, which put a pin in Catavius Caldwell-Pope's recent production, and Kyle Kuzma dropped way off. 23 minutes, 13 points with nothing else on 12 shots. Yeah, 33% shooting. Four coups there, a pretty clear 12-team league drop. LeBron had 15, thir- uh, 15 and 13 with seven rebounds. LeBron James. But far from his best night and the Lakers' best night in general. For the Celtics, they welcomed back both Kemba and Jalen Brown. Kemba had 20 points in 30 minutes. Jalen Brown had 20 points in 32 minutes. Seven and six assists apiece with four steals between the two of them. Really strong nights. Tatum was great, 27 points. Gordon Haywood was pretty strong, 16 and six. And Ennis Cantor off the bench. Now, he makes me look like an absolute dickhead because earlier today I did a Players to Drop podcast and he comes out and has 18 and 11 in 24 minutes. But even playing this well against a very big front court, he still only got the 24 minutes. Look back at his previous games where he's playing 18 minutes and not being a useful player. He can still have 12-team league value. He just doesn't have any sort of upside to be a must-roster guy, and those sort of players are streamed in and out based on need and based on categorical stuff. So while I do look pretty stupid by saying he's a drop and then he goes out and does this, I still stand by it, and I don't think he's a a must-roster 12-team league player. 17 minutes only for Daniel Tice, 5 and 4 in in those 17 minutes. Wasn't his best night, but uh, yeah, he's still a solid enough 14-team league guy, while Marcus Smart had 9, 3, and 4. With Kemba back, it did obviously hurt his overall production, but still... Four assists, two steals is enough to get it done for most 12-team formats. The next game, the Denver Nuggets and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Denver wins 107-100 on the road on a back-to-back. No Jamal Murray, no Paul Millsap, no Gaz Harris. Michael Porter was great. Really, really good here. Even defended well, rebound fantastically. 20-14, and 14, four assists, four triples and a block. you got to add him. But again, when those three guys come back, that's you know, 33, 33, 25 minutes worth of play. Can Porter play 30 minutes? Probably not. Can he take this many shots or grab that many rebounds? Probably not, probably not. But while they're out, we grab him and we just see what happens. Jeremy Grant was pretty big as well, 19 and seven with three threes. Got that value with Millsap out. While Farton Will Barton was ill before the game, allegedly. Uh, Will the ill thrill... That was terrible. I apologize for that. 18 and four assists with two steals for him, while Big Chungus had 17 and 13. And Malik Beasley, man, the minutes yo-yo with this bloke are out of control. 24 minutes, 11 and three with three steals. He goes from 30 minutes to 12 minutes to 23 minutes. There's no way of predicting what he does. We also got big minutes from Monty Morris. 36 minutes from Monty, eight points and eight assists. Not a must-roster guy, but absolutely while Jamal is out, there is assists stream value for all standard leagues there. Tory Craig started, uh, no idea, what, what, no idea. Two points in 16 minutes. For the Timberwolves, Townsy, 28 and 8. Yeah, he's good. I think we all know that while Gorgie Jeng played just 13 minutes, they are not going to play them together any significant time. Jeng is a drop. Okogi, big offensive game from Joshi, 16 and 8 in 27 minutes. He's really stepped up of late. Um, while Gorgie Jeng, oh, not Gorgie Jeng, Shabazz Napier, again, much like Monty Morris, he's an assist guy. Eight assists and two steals. He's probably got a bit more long-term value than Morris, but I'm not convinced it locks in until the playoffs at all. Andy Wiggins, 15 and six, not a great night from him. While Covington, I was worried that there would be a fall off when Towns returned. It happened here. I'm not saying that's why why it happened or because Towns is there that he fell off, but it is something to monitor. Nine and six in 33, while Jarrett Culver was bad. 
Six points in 27 minutes, 25% shooting. He'd been so much better than that over the last couple of weeks. He is still a hold. Let's just hope it goes in the right direction versus going back to the uh, abomination of a level of performance that we saw at the beginning of the season. All right, on to the next game. Uh, a weird one, this one, with the the Phoenix Suns and the uh, and the, the San Antonio Spurs uh, battling right to the, the very end. The Spurs were up big. The Suns came roaring back. They got the lead, but the Spurs pipped them at the end, 120 to 118. How about... Derek White. Maximum Derek. 27 minutes, 25 points, 7 assists, and 4 threes. This guy is good. Now, the problem with him remains the minutes. But that's two games in a row where he's got more minutes than DeJounte Murray, and he's performed exceedingly well. Is he a 12-team ad? I absolutely don't trust it. They did play Murray and White together for a couple of minutes in this game. Not many, two or three minutes at only, but they did close the game with them. So that's very interesting to see. If he gets 27 a night, Derek, he is a 12-team league player. 30-plus, he's a top 80 sort of a guy. It's just not getting to that level, which is unfortunate for him. I thought we'd see way more of them together. We just haven't. For now, you leave him sort of on the outside, but... If you've got maybe a move to spare and you think that he's going to push in and get more of these minutes over Murray, which is a definite possibility with how these guys are playing, then you you can do it. As for DeJounte, I'd hold in most cases 10 points, 4 assists, 4 steals. Yeah, 4 assists and 4 steals is still worthwhile in 24 minutes. While Bryn Forbes went bananas, 24 points with 8 triples in 33 minutes. He's not going to do that often, if at all. He had 1 rebound and 2 assists. This was... um, one of those outlier type performances with a bunch of threes, which is not something we can rely upon. DeMar DeRozan, we talked about his field goal percentage dropping off. It has 33% here, but to his full credit, really, really good performances in other categories. Nine rebounds, eight assists, three steals, keeping his value afloat while that ridiculous 57, 56% shooting has dropped way off as it was always going to, but big numbers otherwise. Valinelli played 23 minutes. The Drip Lonnie Walker played 18 minutes. Uh, not much to talk about with those guys. There was no Rudy Gay. Uh, and Paddy Mills looked like he was injured in this one, only played the 12 minutes, two points. Uh, hopefully he's okay, but that would open up more minutes for White, theoretically, and for Walker if Mills does happen to miss time. For the Suns, Kelly Oubre returned from his concussion. 37 minutes, 15-8. Fantastic. He started over McCall Bridges, who still played 32 minutes. It wasn't a great night from Bridges, just four points with two assists. And again, the minutes is what's encouraging. He's normally a steals guy, didn't get in here. This is a very, very down game. He's a back-end 12 guy at best. DeAndre Ayton, 39 minutes, 25 and 12. Absolutely beasting at the moment, while Booker had 37, 7 and 5. But something to watch. At the end of the game, he did look like he was limping a little bit on his uh, on his knee. So that's something to, to pay attention to. Ravishing Rick had 15, 3 and 9. While Sharich, only 20 minutes with Ubre back. And that's with no Baines as well. 10 and 5, obviously. Just a very, very, very deeper league option is old Dario Sharich. The next game we look at was an absolute old-fashioned ass-kicking 118 Utah, 88 Indiana. Uh, Justin Holiday. This is just a weird-ass game in terms of defensive lines. 25 minutes for Holiday, three steals and five blocks. Miles Turner, six steals and zero blocks. Just absolute weirdness. 12 and five for Turner, nine points for Holiday. Holiday is an interesting 14-team stream sort of an option. Jeremy Lamb, get his ass out of there. 11 points in 23 minutes, two steals for him. While Sabonis had 10 and eight, a very down performance from him. While Tony Warren Jr., 
Revenge game, his way to four points in 24 minutes, had one rebound. He's better than this, obviously, and he's still a hold. Doesn't mean I'm not worried about where his value goes later in the season. Well, Doug McDirt, who was so good last game, had eight points in 23 minutes. Also a shit one from Malcolm Brogdon, who had five, four, and five in 22 minutes. Just an altogether disaster from the Pacers. For the Jazz, Rudy Gobert, 20 and 14 in 31 minutes. I've had multiple people ask me, is this a sell high for Rudy Gobert? And I look at what he's doing, and I go... Like, why can't he do this? 18% usage, 73% field goal. He's just doing dunks. He's dominating offensively and defensively. One block. Like, why can't he do this? Maybe the free throws is a little bit too high, but he is absolutely on a roll at the moment, Gobert. And it's not on shit that looks completely whack and, and out of order and stuff that he can't do because these are just things that Rudy Gobert can do when everything starts to roll together. And Mike Conley came back, and he looked really good. This Jazz team looks absolutely fantastic. Just for reference, Gobert's the eighth-ranked player over the last two weeks, averaging 20 and 15 on 19% usage, 74 from the line, and 70% from the line, 2.4 blocks. Like Absolutely nothing there is ridiculous from Gobert. He is putting up some big, big big-ass numbers. The Don, Donovan Mitchell. He's gone. He's good. 25 points in 31, while Conley had 14 in 18 minutes. Mike Conley should not be on your waiver wire. I know he sucked at the beginning of the season. He might suck again, but you don't leave a guy like that on the waiver wire. Must roster. Jingle and Joe still hold him. 27 minutes, seven, uh, six points with seven assists. We don't know how it's all going to work when Conley's fully back, but it's more likely going to be O'Neal than Ingles and loses those minutes. While Bogdanovic had 16 points in his 32 minutes. Uh, how about the old minivan, George Niang? 15 points. Uh, shout out to Nate Duncan for that nickname. Uh, 20 minutes. For Nyang, uh, 15 points. He's a, a really solid player who has significant deep league value. Deep, deep, you know, 18, 20 team leagues. But I don't think his spot in the rotation is going anywhere. While Manuel Moutier is now out of the rotation with Conley back in action. And now finally, on to the last game of the night. The Portland Trailblazers. They make hard work of it, but they get it done against the Warriors. 129-124 in overtime. Damian Lillard sending the game to overtime and then pulling away at the end. But the Warriors were up pretty big in this one and blow another game. Alec Burks, 39 minutes for Golden State. 33 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Really, really great stuff. He started in place of Glenn Robinson III. Of course, he's not going to be at this level. And when he could always be traded, Robinson's got to come back. Steph's got to come back. So he's going to lose a bit of value as the season goes on. But for now, he is a 12-team league guy. D'Angelo Russell had 27, 8, and 9, while Draymond Green was ill in this game. So he sat out. So the triangle, Eric Pascal played 42 minutes and had 22 and 13. Not much else supporting that. And then when Green plays, he just doesn't get up to the high 20s or low 30s in minutes, making him a hard 12-team league guy to roster. Green is ill, so it doesn't appear like it's going to be a long-term thing. If you're in a luxury-type situation, you can have that thought, oh, they'll just continue to sit Draymond, they're tanking, all that sort of stuff, and then Pascal will have the intermediate-type good game, but I'm not sure he's really that good to hold on to in every circumstance. It appears Willie Cauley-Stein's the starting center again, 12-7 and in 32 minutes with three blocks, while the Wizard Omari Spellman played only 22 minutes, which is a little bit disappointing. So Spellman's a drop. You could add Corley Stein in 12s if you like. I wouldn't get too excited there, while Marquise Chris had 14 and 6 in 21 minutes. Damian Lillard was fantastic, 61 points for the Blazers in his 45 minutes. That was just a ridiculous performance from Lillard. Uh, in this game, 
again, really carrying this team who was without CJ McCollum as well. And uh, Trevor Ariza still hasn't joined the squad. Not that he was providing many points, but just another body out there. Lillard had to do pretty much everything. He hit uh, 11 threes in that uh, total. He had 10 rebounds and 7 assists. Really, really strong numbers from Lillard. Whiteside looked like he hurt his quad early on. And then he got need in the balls as well. But he was able to play a lot of minutes uh, in the end, which is uh, obviously impressive to be able to do that. 15 points, 21 rebounds, 6 blocks there for Whiteside. So big numbers for him. Mallow played 43 and had 14 and 9 with 2 steals and a block. A totally solid line. While Anthony Simons also got big minutes. 46 of them in place of McCollum. 15 points with 2 rebounds and 3 assists. Also blocked 2 shots. But that's a line that you'd hope someone could get in 30 minutes, not 46. And he's not going to have these opportunities moving forward. He just is a short-term streamer. Well, Gazza Trent played 41 minutes. Couldn't replicate his performance from last time out. Only the 11 points on 14 shot attempts. Um, let's move on and talk some injury news now before we wrap up today's show. Um, let's uh, start with Kyrie Irving, who had to miss today's game with a hamstring injury. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious, but with Irving, you just never know in terms of his ability to heal up. Nothing is, appears to be uh, too drastic here, but of course, it's something we need to watch. Stephen Adams had to leave today's game very early on with an ankle injury. Of course, that would just really elevate Nerlens Noel and give some stream value to Mike Muscala. If Noel can't go, he missed today's game as well. Jimmy Butler also out today with a hip injury. I also want to quickly touch on Chandler Parsons, who was in a car accident the other day, and we heard that he was dealing with some concussion symptoms and was going to be out. And it turns out today, it looks a little bit more serious than that, that he's going to have some sort of permanent injuries. He suffered a traumatic brain injury, they referred to it as. So that uh, you would have to assume that this is going to be the end of Chandler Parsons' uh, athletic career, which is horrible news for him. And he gets you know, plenty of shit for signing a contract and then his knees breaking down. He didn't, you know, he didn't demand teams pay him that money. They obviously had a choice in that matter. He got the money. He was playing really well, and then his knees gave out on him. And this is obviously horrible news for anybody. So we do wish Chandler an ability not only to get back to the NBA court, but just to be able to live a, a full life, uh, assuming there is nothing. And this, uh, these permanent injuries aren't something that's going to impact his overall uh, quality of life. So hopefully everything goes well for Chandler Parsons there. On a positive side of things, Zion Williamson is back. He is going to start on Wednesday for the Pelicans. They said there's no hard minutes restriction, but he'll probably be closer to the 20 minutes versus 30 minutes. So that's obviously great news that Zion is going to make his debut on Wednesday for the Pelicans. He shouldn't be on any waiver wires pretty clearly. And then lastly, Mason Plumley twisted his ankle. Uh, didn't look like he was going to return, but came back at the end of the game. Wouldn't be surprised if it swelled up and he had to miss some time, meaning someone like Jared Vanderbilt would get a little bit of run perhaps there. They don't have another center. I don't think they'll throw Bol Bol into that mix, but you'll also get more Jeremy Grant at the five, meaning more Michael Porter happening at the four. Not going to do a preview of the one game for tomorrow. You can see the projections over on Basketball Monster. Don't forget, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.
Patrick Patterson. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.